so here's a question and i need the help from the woke to figure it out see my 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 problem is i'm I'm not woke i'm hot i'm not woke right That, that 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 that's my burden that is my burden right there tony katz tony katz today 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. If you're woke, I need your help. Call now. It's a story that's on Twitter of of a woman who is, let me try to tell the story. A tweet went out by a guy by the name of Vivek Ramaswamy. And he says, uh, does Vivek, I'm not familiar with Vivek, uh, founder of Rovian Sciences, author of Woke Inc. Hmm. And he's a member of FreeOp. FreeOp's a pretty cool organization. I just spoke to a high school senior, he writes. The senior is biracial, raised by his single black mom, but he looks white. They say, meaning him and his mother, They say his school required him to confess his white, quote-unquote, dominance. He refused, so they failed him. Now he may not graduate, and his family can't afford the legal fees. So my question for the woke is, how does this work? How does this work? Let me take it now. Uh, President Biden, who was supposed to be signing the COVID bill tomorrow, signing it now. He's speaking. Let's hear what he has to Yesterday, say. Yesterday, with the final passage of the plan in the House of Representatives, uh, their voices were heard and reflected in everything we have in this bill. And I believe this is, and most people I think do as well, this historic legislation is about rebuilding the backbone of this country and giving people in this nation, working people, middle-class folks, uh, people who built the country a fighting chance. That's what the essence of it is. And uh, I'm going to have a lot more to say about that uh, tonight in the next couple days and be able to take your questions. But in the meantime, what I'm going to do is sign this bill and uh, make the presentation tonight. And then uh, there's going to be plenty of opportunities. We're going to be on the road not only talking about what I'm talking about tonight is the impact on the virus and how we're going to end this pandemic. And we're going to talk all the elements of the bill beginning uh, uh, Friday, Saturday, and through the week. So thank you for being here. What's interesting here is that he wasn't supposed to do this now. This, no, no, keep it up a bit, producer. All right? He might answer, actually answer some questions. This could get fascinating. Well, short and sweet from President Joe. No, I guess not. Signing and walk, signing and walking. He's not. He wasn't supposed to sign it now. He was supposed to sign it tomorrow. They were going to extend this thing out and really try and own the news cycle through the Sunday shows. Signing it now. Signing it now. Did he just get up and leave? He signed. He, they're in the Oval, by the way, flanked by the Vice President Kamala Harris, which is still weird to say. He signs. Gets up and leaves. My gosh. 
I'm so, I am flabbergasted. Absolutely flabbergasted. Except how else was it possibly going to go? He did a photo op in the Oval and left the Oval. It's his office. Anybody else going to note how weird that is? If he'd walked into the East Room, signed and left, it would make sense. He doesn't work in the East Room. He works at the Oval. Well, I got No, that was the Oval Office. He walked into the Oval Office for a, for, for, uh, a, a press stunt, if you will, signed the bill and left his own office. Does he even know it was his own office? This is one of the many questions. Oh my gosh. That was weird as can be. That was just officially, officially as weird as can be. Now get me back to the woke people. I need the woke folk. I need them to explain what it is that's supposed to happen here. I need them to explain what it is this boy is supposed to do. Biracial, raised by his single black mom, but he looks white. They say his school required him to confess his white quote-unquote dominance. He refused, so they failed him. Now he may not graduate. His family can't afford legal fees. Join me in helping is what Vivek Ramaswamy uh, wrote. Now, this goes along with a story out of Nevada. Las Vegas Charter School sued for curriculum covering race and identity, where this mother is suing. Gabriel Clark, or maybe it's Gabrielle, her son William Clark, alleged that democracy prep at the Agassiz campus violated the high school senior's First Amendment rights by repeatedly compelling his speech involving intimate matters of race, gender, sexuality, and religion. Now, we have actually discussed this. Never, ever, ever has there been a situation where people are compelled to speech. Maybe things you shouldn't say, but things that you have to say, that's an authoritarian world. That is a world run by dictators and despots. And, of course, the woke had to, what was the word? Oh, yeah, that's right. Had to confess his white dominance. Forced confession? That's Room 101. That's the book 1984. That's there in, 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 uh, in dealing with the struggle sessions. Understand what it is the woke want understand what it is that critical race theory and uh, uh, anti-racism do these things are evil not because i say so and i get that i'm going to be called a racist don't you think i've gone over this i have discussed this with my wife every single day and every single evening for the past three months there has not been a day that we have not discussed it because she knows it's gonna get tough. And we as a family have to know it's gonna get tough. They're gonna come after me and they're gonna come after my job. Of course they are. They're gonna come after me, not for what I say, but for reporting on what's happening. They're gonna come after me for reporting on what they say. 
in in Indianapolis, right, where I live. I live just outside of Indy, but Indianapolis is home, and I love it. There was a story about a, a Black Lives Matter march, and they were blocking traffic, and a car tried to come down. It was a blue pickup truck. Tried to come down the street, and the people protecting Black Lives Matter, you can actually feel my air quotes of sarcasm. They pulled firearms on the truck. The truck stopped, backed up, tried to go around them. They literally ran to stop the truck again. That's what they did. They stopped traffic with firearms. This was in a video that was put out by the local newspaper, the Indy Star, the Indianapolis Star, which is not known uh, for its high-end reporting. Sometimes when it does local stories, really, really spectacular stuff, right? Uh, and, and I'll give some credit where it's due. When uh, there's been stories about me, they'll at least ask me an epi- my, what happened or my point of view, Right. But in the main, they've they've gone through a lot of trying to put uh, opinion as news. Right. That kind of shady stuff. It's part of the USA Today Network. What you're going to get what you're going to get. Right. Locally, though, when they want to report locally, they they usually can do some good work. and, and, And I've applauded it. But the video was there of this, except the video wasn't this pulling the guns wasn't the lead. It was part of like a three minute video. and It was just in there like it was nothing. I'm like. Holy cow. All I did was post it to TonyCats.com. It's still there. Well, I don't know if they've taken the video down or not, but the, the post is still there. And I said, here's the, 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 the time mark where it happened. I, left, I gave no other commentary. All I did was show what was happening in broad daylight in Indianapolis, Indiana. By the way, no charges have ever been brought that I know of. There was no statement from from the mayor, Joe Hogsett, no statement from the Indianapolis City County Council. A county council, uh, that's what they call it here. Uh, They were sure to paint Black Black Lives Matter on the streets. Oh, no, no, that, that was okay. That happened immediately. But no statement to people pulling weapons in broad daylight. Right? A day after I posted it, all I did was post somebody else's video and say, hey, this is odd. I gave no commentary. One of the the groups here started referring to me as suspected white supremacist. Now, I never told them to kiss my ass or anything like that. I even, I laughed. Suspected white supremacist. My rabbi thinks otherwise suspected white supremacists because this is what they do when you notice them when you point out what they're doing as wrong because it is wrong they try to destroy you and what else are you supposed to do let them win the kid is half black the school wants him to confess his white dominance and he won't do it now he's being they're 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 what throwing him out they created the hostile environment they created the hostile environment and now he may not graduate they should shut down the school this is uh, one of the things they have independent reflection on the Google Doc, write out your own individual identity, race, ethnicity, nationality, gender, socioeconomic status, sexual orientation, disabilities, religion, age, language, 
And then it says, this list is private. Please be honest. No one else will see this. If your kids fill this out, they are out of their holy heck minds. Don't you dare let them fill this out. Why would you tell a school anything like this? William Clark, by the way, is described as having green eyes and blondish hair and generally generally regarded as white by his peers. Well, who cares what his peers say? The the school's uh, student body is 63.8% black, 30.2% Hispanic, and 2.2% white. So Gabriel Clark, in an email to the school board, uh, that's quoted within the court documents, wrote, my son is the only white student in this class as far as we can tell. This teacher is blatantly justifying racism against white people, thereby putting my son in emotional, psychological, and physical danger. This is not okay. Absolutely, positively correct. One of the slides at the campus there, at the, at the school called Democracy Prep, In order to eliminate institutional and ideological oppressions, we must undo and unlearn internalized beliefs, attitudes, and behaviors that stem from oppression. Organize itself into an effective force for social change. Develop the strength to challenge patterns that hold said group back. Be proud of history, contributions, and potential. Build community among people in its groups and support its leaders. The Clarks accused the school of refusing to accommodate the student's conscientious objection to the course material by changing his grade or allowing him to take an alternative course. William Clark was compelled to participate in public professions of his racial, religious, sexual, and gender identities which, and would be labeled as an oppressor on these bases, according to the court filings. It's the struggle sessions, kids. We're talking about Mao's China, how to get people to uh, be uh, allegiant to, to, to the Communist Party uh, by uh, mocking and shaming and ridiculing anybody who might disagree. Doing it publicly so other people know you don't want to talk about us. Look what we'll do to you. Look how we'll hurt you. A screenshot from Democracy Prep. The family reinforced racist and homophobic prejudices. Education, money inequality shine through, resources and opportunities, religion, homophobic prejudices, right versus wrong judgment, economic, wage gaps, amount of leave for birth of children, promotion opportunities, and job availabilities. When I tell you that Marxism is the thing at play here, get rid of the family. Religion is unnecessary. Capitalism is evil. Here it is. Here it is. There's no questioning. There's no doubting. These are the facts. And you're supposed to push back on these things hard and aggressively. It's going to happen to your school if it's not already. But my question to the woke, and I'm waiting for phone calls. Twitter, Tony Katz. Instagram, reach out to me there, Tony Katz. How does the woke deal with this? Black, single mom, the kid looks white, but he's biracial. Is he guilty? Half guilty? Come on. Come on, woke. Tell me what the answer is. I'm Tony Katz.
So Joe Biden signs the $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill into law. In a very unceremonious ceremony, inside the Oval Office, that he entered and left. I mean, it's very strange. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, he, the press is set up, he walks into the Oval, sits down at the desk, says a couple of words, signs the bill into law, which was supposed to happen tomorrow, and then leaves with the vice president. It was his office. Very, very strange. Did not answer any questions. And tonight, there's going to be an address. Not a press conference. As we know it, he is not answering any questions. But I think it's weird that he walked into his own office to sign something and left. It's his office. Other people should leave. That's that's pretty standard. You, you don't leave your own office. That's, that is strange. But I think it is it is curious that he did it now. Almost it very much seemed like a surprise. I was under the the opinion that they were going to make this happen tomorrow so they could then have themselves a whole weekend, control the Sunday shows, build the narrative of the value of this thing. That's what I thought they were going to go for. They, they didn't. And I'm, and I'm curious as to why. How did they see the marketing of, of this going? I mean, what do you have to market? You already got it done. I mean, it's a bad bill. It doesn't help people who need the help. 10% of it is to help. Uh, the rest of it is just nonsense. Bailing out cities, bailing out states. Valueless. Oh, and uh, don't worry, they're not done. Meanwhile, Speaker Pelosi's upset. I will tell you why. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today. Dr. Fauci cannot believe that anyone anywhere would think that we should get rid of mask mandates. When you see Texas lifting its mask mandates, when you see pictures from Idaho of, of kids burning masks uh, and the same being called for in Texas, what's your reaction to that? You know, it's it, it, it's concern, John. I mean, we we understand people's need to get back to normal and we are going in that direction. But when you start doing things like completely putting aside all public health measures as if you're turning a light switch off, that's quite risky. We don't want to see another surge. And that's inviting one when you do that. Yeah, no one believes you, sir. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. No one believes you, Dr. Fauci. That's your fault. Understand that that's not us. We in the the right-wing, radical, whatever we are, media didn't do it. The people of Idaho didn't lose faith in you. You caused them to lose faith in you. Yes, you did tell us not to wear a mask. And yes, people like Representative Eric Swalwell said, stop wearing masks. And then you told us to wear a mask. And then you told us to wear two masks. And we said, you're nuts. And every day you said something to a different outlet to make yourself look good.
And I get it. You're just doing everything possible to hold on to that $417,000 a year paycheck. And lots of good speaking gigs. Ooh, lots of good speaking gigs. And also, it's, it's got to feel good. There was, oh, Dr. Fauci's here. Oh, oh, have you seen Dr. Fauci? Dr. Fauci's around the corner. Dr. Fauci has spoken. Dr. Fauci's going to speak. Must be fun. But don't ever, ever take a look at other people and say they're throwing away this or that. They don't trust you. That's real. But I must say that I don't think people are throwing away um, well, just the idea of, of, of health and wellness. When you see them burning masks, I will admit, though, I think it's weird. I don't know if I introduced myself. Tony Katz, hey, how are you? What's going on? 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, everything at TonyKatz.com. I think it's weird when you, when, when, when you get a bunch of people together and burn a mask. I think when you get a bunch of people together and you roast marshmallows, it's awesome. When you burn masks or books, I think it's weird and creepy. And I saw the video in question where, where like kids were dropping masks into a, into a fire, and I'm like, huh, that's, that's weird and creepy. But the mask mandate is not people turning their backs on on science not in the slightest there are many people who just don't believe that mandates are necessary also when you saw the number of cases going up even while people were wearing masks don't they have an argument to make that the mask might not be the most uh strategic piece of equipment against covid now if you said to me that the mask works against the flu i will agree with you the mask is extremely, extremely effective against the flu. Considering the fact that as of last month, flu cases in America were nil. I mean, they exist, but my gosh, between the hand washing and the masks, very, very few cases, nominal cases. Can't say that about COVID. You can say that we saw uh, the influx, and then we saw it come down, and then all of a sudden it jumped back up again. And it jumped back up regardless of the masks. And plenty of places had mask mandates and had the cases go up. And plenty of places were a little more laxed on the mandates and they did not have the cases go up as much. So what happened? The argument has become a political one. And I have heard Dr. Fauci lament that before and I think he is correct on that. But he is part of the reason that it took place. Remember, the greatest thing we've done to ourselves, the greatest evil we've done to ourselves, is taking a virus. Today, so today is the one-year anniversary of the declaration of it as a pandemic from the World Health Organization, I think it was. The, the, the thing that we did to ourselves that is just pure, raw, unadulterated evil, may I add, is that we politicized a virus as opposed to figuring out how we survive and thrive. We picked sides. America picked sides as opposed to picking America. Absolute evil. And people did it because they wanted to win political office. They wanted power. It was okay to destroy others as long as they got what they wanted. If you ever wondered whether or not the ends justify the means to some, remember this past year. Remember this past year. The entire month of April, 
I mean, it was, it was almost a full month. Uh, I can't say it was the 1st to the to 30th. It might have been the 5th into May. I would, this is a true story, I would get done with the show. And I, am, I, I, and I, I would get done and I'd ask myself out loud, what the hell am I doing? Who wants to do this day in and day out? I have never felt that way in radio. Ne- never. Never, never, never. The only time it ever got close was uh, here in, in, in my beloved Indianapolis. Uh, this is where the case of Jared Fogel took place. Jared Fogel was the subway guy, Subway Jared. Lost all the weight. Turns out Subway Jared was also a pedophile and into child porn. And he was from here. He lived not too far from where I live. Right? Not, not too far from Indianapolis, one of, the, one of the Tony suburbs. And the case was here. And I actually said to my program director, I said, yeah, I can't cover this story. Because it was about a week of covering the story, and it was a Friday, and, and the microphone's off. And it was the first time I ever said to myself, God, I'm glad that's over. I had never said that to myself before. And that's why I said, okay, if I'm going to be saying this, I, I can't. I went to my program director. I'm like, yeah, I can't do this story. I'll leave it to the people in the newsroom. Thank you. I'm out. Can't do it. Won't do it. Sorry. But for a month of watching people politicize a virus, what am I doing? Who wants to be around this? Report on this every day? I, I will tell you, most for everything I've ever done, that was just it was just brutal. Until you know, hey, I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm going to work my way through this. I'm going to try not to let this stuff bother me. I got much better at being able to to not be be bothered by it. Now I'm bothered by other things and thrilled by other things. So you have Christy Nome, South Dakota, and now you have Tate Reeves in Mississippi, engaging in legislation that prevents boys who say they are girls to participate in women's athletics. Again, I don't get into conversations about how people feel. I get into conversations about thinking that your feelings mean somebody else has to change the way they live. I side with girls athletics and girl athletes. I side with women athletes, as we talk about on the college level. And I do not side with them having to face male competition because that's the right thing to do or the woke thing to do. Someone chooses their gender, feel free. I may not understand it, but I don't have to understand it. I don't think that's the the prerequisite. But that doesn't mean you get to decide, well, now I'm going to compete in track or this or that and compete against other women who are biological women because they are actual women. Men are not women and women are not men. And that is not a bigoted thing to say. This is a factual conversation that we're having, one of biology. So in these states, they're saying, no, we're not going to have this. This is, of course, correct. Because when these girls fight back and say it's not right, what, you're going to call them bigots, woke folk? Oh, you know, you don't, you don't understand how you're oppressing these poor people. No, these girls are the ones being oppressed. As Kira Davis pointed out in, in, a, in a great, great piece over at Red State, the ACLU, don't forget, uh, no one gets to tell you what a woman is. And then they proceed to tell you what a woman is. So a man can decide he's a woman. And other women have to accept it. So women have to accept that men decide for them what a woman is. That's the ACLU's position. 
That's a messed up position. That's a screwed up position. So as much as I looked at uh, America tearing itself apart politically over how to deal with a virus, and I thought it was, I thought it was sick. I take a look at some of these other things, and I take a look at these people who are willing to stand up and say, oh, yeah, I'm with them. I'm, there may be things that drive me crazy, but you know what? If, if I can do something from this place and this microphone to help them, I'm, I'm doing it. I find it, I, I, and I have found that part of it to be very, it's not rejuvenating. It's, it, it's focusing, Right, I get to talk about the things I want to talk about. I get to share the stories I think matter. I get to engage some things going on, and 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 as as we often say, I am not, I don't exist. Right, this job doesn't exist. I don't exist as a host to tell you what to think. I couldn't tell you what to think. That, that I think that's one of the crazier notions out there. Right, that that you would need, you would need someone to tell you. My faith in your brain is huge. Hopefully, I give people something to think about from time to time. Like, that's, that's success. That's a win, as, as I see it. But if I can utilize the microphone and bring some voice to these people who are, who are really being assaulted, really being told you don't get to live your life your way because somebody else is deciding their way, man, if I can help with that hot damn. I'm happy to do so. By the way, uh, the governors of Mississippi and South Dakota are 100% right in banning the practice of boys who say they're girls competing against girls. The governors are right, and they should be supported. I'm Fingers Malloy with the Bourbon Minute brought to you by the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast. Barton's 1792 Distillery, said to be the oldest fully operational distillery in Bardstown, Kentucky, recently rolled the first barrels into their new storage space, Warehouse 33. It's the first new warehouse facility at their headquarters since 1963. Whiskey Wash reports that Warehouse 33 will hold 33,500 barrels of whiskey. It's part of a $25 million investment by Barton 1792 that includes the construction of two more warehouses that will each hold 59,000 barrels. That amounts to a 25% increase in storage capacity. More whiskey? This is certainly great news for bourbon enthusiasts everywhere. For more information on this, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eatdrinksmoke. This was the Bourbon Minute brought to you by Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. Check it out on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast platform. Eat, Drink, Smoke. So New York State filing a police report in Albany because of the groping claim that took place against Governor Andrew Cuomo. Oh, that is just precious. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. The incident involving a female aide taking place at the executive mansion, which I got to assume is a lovely, lovely place to work. Very pretty, full of history. The report to the police was made by the state as a matter of state policy. When allegations of physical contact are made, the agency informs the complainant that they should contact their local police department. If they decline, the agency has an obligation to reach out themselves and inform the department of the allegation. In this case, the person is represented by counsel. And when counsel confirmed that the client did not want to make a report, the state notified the police department and gave them the attorney's information. 
Okay. Now, you place your bets on whether you think uh, on whether you think he's going to resign, right? Place your bets on whether or not you think that Cuomo will actually uh, do it. I don't see it. I just don't see it. It doesn't mean that I don't want it. It means I don't see how it is possible. Right? Maybe it's it's my view that these, these these people are bulletproof. Maybe it's my view that there's just not enough political pressure to get a guy like this to go. Maybe it's just my view that the man does not own shame, so why would he ever leave? I just don't see it happening. In Minneapolis, where the George Floyd Memorial is, you know, they're just getting the, the, the jury ready and jury selection. They're going to start the trial there, the George Floyd trial. They've turned into an autonomous zone. Someone's already died as I know the story. And there have been protests galore. And people have been asking, why are they protesting now? The trial's underway. Why are they protesting? I thought this one was pretty obvious. These people don't want a trial. They just want guilty and death penalty. They don't want trials. They don't want anything like that. They don't, there, there is no belief in, in the judicial system. Now, you can say to me, well, there's no faith in the judicial system. No, there's no belief in the judicial system. Different conversation. Different conversation. They don't think the judicial system offers a value. They don't think that the Constitution is anything but a bigoted document. And this has nothing to do with color of skin. This has to do with this is an ideological thing. So apply pressure, put fear into people, get the result that you want, the end. Intimidation is the name of the game. I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised that, uh, that, that this is even a, a big conversation or, or, or a big question. Now, President Biden is going to speak tonight in an address on COVID, right? It's going to be more than just the COVID relief bill. It's going to be about where America has come and how we're going to move ahead and, and move forward. I can't. Re- He's going to try and go for uplift. I said before, I'll say it again. If he really wants to engage a unity conversation, he'll congratulate the Trump administration for Operation Warp Speed. Because it worked. I don't think he's got it in him. I don't think Democrats will will allow that. They can't. They can't recognize anything good. They can't recognize a good policy from a bad policy. Because if it's not their policy, how could it possibly be good? Even though their policies are pretty dang bad. It's a great moment for it. I don't think he's going to do it. I really don't. I don't. I don't think he has it in him to do it. Take questions. Well, that's not how it's set up. It's not set up to take questions. Unless they're going to have some pre-scheduled questions and pre-approved questions and they already have got the answer written out and everything else, there's no way. There's no way they're that brazen, right? No, it's just an address full of pomp and circumstance, but of zero substance and no unity, right? That one, that one is right out. Facebook Tony Katz Radio, guys. Be sure to give it a like. Find the podcast at TonyKatz.com. This is Tony Katz today.